It's mostly cloudy and zero in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's nine o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. Tomorrow is the first day you'll have to show your QR code for proof of vaccination anywhere that it is required. Paper copies of vaccine records without the code will no longer be accepted. The QR code can be downloaded and printed from the provincial government's website. All you need is your Alberta health number, date of birth, and month you got any dose of the vaccine. The code and a piece of ID will provide the proof of vaccination needed to enter any business participating in the restriction exemption program. Canadian Armed Forces and First Nations vaccination records, along with vaccine records issued by other provinces and territories, will continue to be accepted, as well as a negative COVID-19 test within 72 hours or proof of a medical exemption. COP26 wrapped up this weekend. Details next, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. I am flying over the southwest looking at 17th Avenue and 14th Street. There is some water main work being conducted and if you are headed northbound, you do have a single right lane open and for those southbound drivers, there is going to be a detour for you to get around that construction. Earn your MBA from Queen Smith School of Business right here in Calgary. Find out more at smithmbaincalgary.com. From the 770-CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Vanessa Arate. Canada's new environment minister is looking at the sunny side of the last-minute agreement reached by nearly 200 nations at the conclusion of the United Nations COP26 climate conference in Scotland. The climate compromise aimed at prevent, or preserving a key target in the fight against global warming contained a, and contained a final change that watered down crucial language about coal. Stephen Gilbo admits we won't be able to win every single battle in the fight against climate change, but says Canada was able to set an example for other large oil-producing nations by joining more than 20 countries in promising to end subsidies for fossil fuel projects overseas. A rare Russian eagle's wayward path from Alaska to Texas and then on to Quebec, New Brunswick, and Nova Scotia has North American bird watchers spellbound. Phil Taylor, a biologist at Acadia University, spotted the large eagle on November 3rd on the banks of the Avon River near Windsor, Nova Scotia. I was uh, having lunch with a colleague and um, I came out from lunch and I usually stop at this little uh, lake on the way home and I looked out over the lake and um, there was this bird sitting there on the mud. The stellar sea eagle has white shoulders and tail and a large orange bill. It has a wingspan of up to two and a half meters and can weigh up to 10 kilograms. The stellar sea eagle is classified as vulnerable by the International Union for Conservation of Nature, with only about 6,000 remaining in the wild, usually in Japan, China, Korea, or on the eastern coast of Russia. Taking a look at sports, the Calgary Flames continue their road trip as they face off against the Ottawa Senators this afternoon. The Flames have dropped their last three games, with the most recent being an OT loss to Toronto on Friday. That game goes at 3 o'clock. Three other Canadian teams are in action in the NHL tonight, and they are all on the road. The Edmonton Oilers are in St. Louis, the Montreal Canadiens face the Boston Bruins, and Vancouver travels to Anaheim to take on the Ducks. The Riders will host the Calgary Stampeders in the CFL West Division semifinal. That game will take place at Mosaic Stadium on November 28th. Saskatchewan earned the home home playoff game when it clinched second place in the win, or in the West with a 29-24 win over the Edmonton Elks yesterday. 
Global News Sky Tracker weather. The wind will pick up this afternoon and we'll see a high of 10 degrees. It will be cloudy overnight and there is a chance of showers. And that risk starts about later this evening, cooling down to zero. Wet, or, wet snow or rain for tomorrow with a high of four. It's zero at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next update at 9.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs and it is November the 14th. I don't know. For me, it's crazy how fast time goes now. It's uh, these last couple months have just flown by and uh, hard to believe we're mid-November. And I'm looking outside and my grass is still green. Flowers are all brown and the grass is starting to go brown. But uh, the main lawn is actually still pretty green. And uh, finally, the leaves have fallen off most of the trees, except for the willow in the backyard. But for the most part, most trees have dropped everything. Again, heading into weather like this, um, if you're able to go out, give everything a little shot of water. Um, definitely wouldn't hurt. Throw your soaker hose out one more time. Get everything frozen in really good for winter, especially the evergreens. Give them a good soaking. Another thing we really got to watch going into winter um and it really came to light last year more so than ever i've never seen it like that is the mice and the rabbits and the and they just chewed i've never seen them go after so many junipers and they just strip the bark off him and once that bark's gone for the most part your your um your junipers or your trees i had two people in three people in yesterday i wasn't in the store all day i was only in there for a couple hours and um, but the time I was down by the by the tills, had people coming in with damage to their trees from deer. So get them wrapped with wire. Don't use that tight um, tape or anything around the bark. You get stucco wire is the best. Um, and for, for mice, you're going to have to do something a little bit, even the tighter wire. But get the bait traps out as well. Um, it works really well to get rid of the, the mice, um, spray bobex on your trees right now at this time of year, really important, especially if you live in the areas where, which is everywhere in Calgary now, almost, we seem to have lots of critters living amongst us, which, which is nice, but they can do so much damage. Like I said, I, I know like my neighbor had a orchard planted, uh, a whack of, uh, apple trees and that last year and or the year before and they all got devastated this past year and every one of them died it was like six or eight out of the ten which is unfortunate they were they were larger caliper trees so um it, it would cost fairly economically it's a fair bit so right now you really want to get out get some of that we have a bunch we have rolls and rolls we have lots of the wire available at spruce and other places like the real tight, fine knit, where the mice can't get through it, and the and the deer and rabbits as well. They love going after the bark and the deer at this time, and they'll just strip it. If you do get some damage, there's a product called Lac Balsam that you can use to to fix that up. But uh, let's try to avoid it so we don't have to uh, to worry about it. So you want to get your Bobex. And you want to get your protective wires on your trees and shrubs right now, and uh, especially going into the winter. And as they uh, lose lose uh, lose the other things that they're able to eat, 
they love chewing on the bark. It gives them a little something different. And the mice can just, like I said, they wreak havoc on your trees and shrubs. And it's really hard to to have them recover from that. It's just like if I pulled all your skin off your arm, your arm wouldn't do very well. And that's very similar with their trees. So if you are in those areas, now is the time. Get out and get that stuff um, and get it onto your trees. Get the protection in place. You've spent the money on the tree. This is sort of like a little insurance policy to the Bob X works really, really well. And uh, <laughs> Scott just sent me a, a text. You need to get a bobcat in your neighborhood. I'm sure they're coming. They seem to be in every other neighborhood. We haven't had them down. I'm in Cranston and in down at Riverstone, and there's no. I haven't. We haven't heard of the bobcats down here yet. But we're right by the river. I'm assuming we will. I've seen moose. I've seen lots of deer. Seen everything else, porcupines and stuff. So I'm assuming that the bobcats will not be far behind. I know they are in Sundance, so um, sort of they'll swim across the river and get over here. But yes, those will help eliminate some of the rabbits and that as well. The natural um, predators of those things will will help look after that. And and that's the part of it is just trying to live in unison with them. And uh, but at this time of year, they are wreaking havoc on our trees and shrubs. So you want to be want to be careful and just get that stuff all looked after so you don't have that damage in the spring when you when the snow melts and all of a sudden you look at the bark on your trees and your shrubs all at the bottom the bottom six inches is all stripped off because basically at that time your your trees have been given a life sentence of death and they will not recover or or it'll just be a slow death of a, a couple two to four years but if you could do that that would be um really important is what i would say at this time of year another one is wilt proof on your on your tender evergreens your cedars your junipers your boxwoods and of course if you're making any of those beautiful winter arrangements outside with the boughs um it works awesome as an anti-desiccant for that as well so uh it's a it's a great product at this time of year. If you're looking for my my two main go tos at this time would be Bob X and Wilt Wilt Proof are the two products I would definitely um, have in my targets at this time of year. Right now I'm going to go down to the greenhouse as we do every Sunday. We're going to go chat with Jen and see what's going on down there. It was bumping bumping yesterday <laughs> like crazy. Yes, um, it was. Yeah, lots of lots of great people out getting out enjoying the. Enjoying the weather and yep. uh, getting ready to do their Christmas arrangements, getting all the stuff, and obviously lots of tropical plants, eh? All the things, Merle. We have all the yeah. things right now. Yep. All the, the things. Yeah. <laughs> that, that could be our tagline. We have all the things. All the things. <laughs> well, it sure seemed like it. It's, I mean, and, and yeah. to be honest, you know, we as staff, too, we might shop a little bit while we're here. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. So, um, yeah, there are all kinds of fun things people are in awe when they come in and uh yeah the greens we've been replenishing throughout the day those are out in the cool annual house um we're expecting more plants coming tomorrow so yeah we're good yeah, we're gonna have lots of christmas plants coming tomorrow i'm excited about that yeah um all the poinsettias and all the other uh, little christmas goodies yep. will be arriving tomorrow we, we put it off a little bit this year which i'm glad we did because it's it just feels a bit early, and especially the weather we've been having the last couple of years. It's like true. it's, yeah, like it's it's kind of nice to go through 
November. Obviously, Suzanne needs as much time as possible to get Christmas stuff <laughs> in the store because yep. there's just so much that she has to get out. And I will give her a little shout out right now again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have one of the best merchandisers, if not the best in Calgary, um, that Aww. does her thing day in, day out. Yep. And she's passionate. Like, like I, you can't, I can't pay enough for that, right? Like this, the passion and, and uh, that she has, and she studies it at home. She's on she Pinterest. She's, <laughs> she does. I think she I, lives probably, on that stuff. Yeah. Do you yeah. get messages too? I get messages. Oh, yeah. for Little pictures of things. And yeah. oh, she absolutely does. She's, yeah. she's killed it in there. And she uh, moves things around so quickly too, um, I, which, I you know, it. yeah. Yeah. As she says, she goes, her and I walk around, I kind of just give her the bones, and then she just puts it together from there, and she fills the bones up, and and it, it works so good, and I'm uh, I'm very happy. I can be happier with it. It's, uh, nice. Yeah. yeah. It, well, it's true, though. It's, it is it's, true. Honestly, I feel, I feel so blessed. Like, and you guys, like, so walking through the health of all the... Tr- the annual or the annuals in the summer, but right now the tropicals, you <laughs> and Jess and Lisa, your team in there, um, and we 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 we're getting more focused. And and you came to me last week and said, "Bro, I want to focus more on the sort of being a retail specialist." And I I was very proud of that. I, I, there's no one better than Jen down there, and you're going to get <laughs> yeah. the best service. And uh, I, I I I love it. Like I. I'm glad we do things like that, and and uh, let's let's do it. We do great, and uh, and keep it up because honestly, I see the people leave and they come in and ask for you, or they're asking Aww, for Jess, hey. or it's hey. it's sweet. No, and Thank it's you. good though. But that tells me that you guys are doing a great job when they come in and ask you by name. Those are important things, like because mm-hmm. then I know you guys are are relating to our customers and. And uh, so if you want the, the true spruce it up experience, come on down and visit us. And yeah. uh, hopefully we don't disappoint. Hopefully you don't run into me down there and get the bad service, but I'll try my best. And, oh, please. People look for you too, right? Speaking I know. Of, they, they hear know, my voice. They hear your voice. They, oh, yeah, yeah. oh, you're the guy on the radio. They kind of look at me. <laughs> right? Or or sometimes people don't know and they you just start helping them. And so I think, I think they get confused as to and then you start taking them around and showing them yeah. the things and so yeah it is but, an experience you're right and uh no and we're very fortunate we have probably the best team we've ever had at spruce right now and uh like i said very proud of everybody and i'm Thanks, very happy how everybody's well it takes a lot to get a good team right it's not easy right like yeah, well, yeah. And Chris so, and uh, Chris and Valerie are downstairs right now, plugging away at getting the porch pots done. So I'm sure they're listening because the speakers right by them. Absolutely, right? and uh, yeah, Carolyn, my wife was at home sewing for a couple of days, making all yep. the gnome hats, and she'll elf. be joining. <laughs> yeah, she'll be joining Chris um, this coming week um, down there, and they'll be making all the beautiful arrangements and everything else that they do. And uh, so, and again, if you need custom stuff. Come down and see the ladies, Chris and, and Carolyn and Valerie, will be uh, there to uh, create those uh, awesome, awesome arrangements that they do. So, yeah, and uh, and uh, those gnomes are something else. I like I said, I am pretty happy with what they do. Like, um, we we turn a tomato cage into a gnome. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> Chris. Uh, they're busy beavers down there. They're fast too. <laughs> I Absolutely. can't even keep up. I just watch. I just watch and. And uh, sit down because I have to take a break from watching all the work. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it's it's a super fun place, and I we do pride ourselves on the experience. And we and Chris is top notch. Um, she made a little ornamental piece that uh, we put on display here in the store, and I, it was just over leftovers. And even that, Chris was had she it needed to be perfect because that's how she rolls. So if you want yep. a perfect piece made by Chris, then yeah, that's uh, where you're going to get it. She works hard at that. Absolutely. No, yeah. and uh, so and as far as the Trobs, like I said, this coming week is when you're going to see all the, a lot of the new product roll mm-hmm. in. We have a big truck rolling in tomorrow, so uh, you guys well, will be busy tomorrow. Well, um, Jess will, yeah. And the Zygo yeah. Cactus, too, we have now already, right? We have some Zygo Cactus yeah. in. People are looking for that. And you and I had a little chat about that because I was complaining. I couldn't get mine to rebloom, and I didn't even think about doing sort of a similar thing that you do with poinsettias, right? Yeah, because you had it, you had it under a grow light, which I is did. Yeah. which is going to trigger the wrong thing. It's just going to grow. You yeah. need the darkness and the light of the natural um, progression of the sun rising and setting to trigger those plants into their blooming state. So, mm-hmm. so Jen turned off her grow light. Yeah, <laughs> then buying a new but, zygo cactus. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, there it goes. It's blooming. This is another but, excuse. But, but you know, um, but those are the things that sometimes we kill them with kindness, right? You think mm-hmm. you're doing something great, and and sometimes you're you're changing the 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 trigger things that make the plants do what they do, right? So, totally. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even think about it, but um, awesome. yeah, that's okay. I'm excited to buy more. It's all good with okay. me. And you guys got lots of big, uh, big trops down there still. So if someone's looking for 15, a little statement piece, yep, absolutely. Some big dracaenas in store, including our big one with the hand. Um, if anybody hasn't seen that yet, come on in. We've got this dragon tree dracaena, um, and it's got what looks like this plant hand, which is sort of creepy, sort of cool. I don't know, but it's you can uh, go shake its hand. And give it a you, <laughs> you can do whatever you like. Yeah. So and then dracaena, awesome. all dracaena are fifteen percent off this week as well. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks again, Jen. And thanks, uh, thanks to you guys and the team down there. Uh, you guys rock it as usual. So Thank um, you. keep it up and we will talk very soon. You got it. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Sorry about that. I sort of went on. Sometimes you get on about your team when they're, when they do such a great job, you, you got to say something. So I, I apologize. But if you want to join me, phone lines are wide open 403 974 8255. Um, if you'd like to give me a shout, phone and text are both wide open. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's Christmas destination. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And got a couple texts here, and I'm going to go to the phone lines. If you'd like to join me, 403-974-8255. But a couple of quick texts, um, and I got a little shout-out, and I can't forget about our crews. Like when I say Calvary's full-service garden center, um, that's because we also have our pruned-up team out there. And, uh, and I got a nice note from Marguerite saying – Hey, your pruned up crew lead Neil stopped by my house Friday to solve a flagpole problem. Now the flag is flying high. We have a big, we have a 60 foot uh, boom truck. So we've pulled cats out of trees. We've fixed flags. We've done a couple other things for our, for our awesome clientele out there. So 
Um, thanks for that, Marguerite. We'll definitely pass on the thanks to to Neil and the crew. And uh, so we're, we're fortunate, again, just having such a great team out there representing us. And I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to go to Don. Good morning, Don. Oh, hello, uh, Merle. How are you doing hey, today? Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. Excellent, excellent. Quick question for you. I planted some uh, raspberry uh, plants this year. Yeah. Uh, and they grew really well. Do I need to put some straw or something around them for protection? Is that uh, necessary? No. Or? Okay. For, for the most part, raspberries are very hardy. The biggest thing what I would do is just ensure like maybe even a little bit of bark mulch or something along the bottom and just water okay. them in really well. Like this time of year, like especially when it's still warm like this, the ground isn't frozen. Get out there and okay. just throw the soaker hose on there one more time. Just okay. to, because they, they're going to have really shallow roots with raspberries do already. Right. Okay. So you just don't want them to desiccate. You want enough moisture so when they freeze in for the winter, that way, next spring, when they go to leaf out, they're going to have some ample moisture in the ground, and then they can push up like crazy and right. give you those beautiful raspberries. So next spring, you kind of want to look. If you if you see any gray sticks early spring, you can yep. cut those out because those okay. will be like the second year. But when new ones, like I said, don't go too crazy on it. Just let sure. them get established and fertilize in the spring with a 15, 30, 15. Okay. Um, high, high middle number. That'll produce yes. the roots and also get those things blooming nicely to produce that awesome fruit for you. Wonderful. Sounds great. Awesome. Thank you, All right. Thanks, thanks, Don. Appreciate thanks it. for Thank the call. You. You're Thank very you. welcome. Bye-bye. All right. And what else do I got here? Ooh, we got one of those nasty Katoni Aster hedges. Hi, Merle. We have a hedge that has severe damage because of neglect. I believe it's Katoni Aster with oyster shell scale yes it is and when i'm looking at it what i would do is that is the perfect candidate for rejuvenation so what i would do is just cut it right down to the ground like even right now and and uh, to go like really and you want something nice and sharp so you can use a if you have a good chainsaw that's nice and tight go down as low as you can go like sort of in that three four inches even lower as you can get right to the ground and then just go around after with a good pair of loppers that are nice and sharp. If when you cut, you got some that it looks like it shredded it a bit. So you just want nice, clean cuts. At that point, get rid of all that debris and do a really good cleanup. Like clean up all the leaves, clean up every, everything really good. And then next spring, when it goes to leaf out, and you'll get about six, eight inches high. Um, at that point, give it a little shot of pure spray green. And then also you want to fertilize that hedge next spring with 20-20-20. You just want to give it a good, well-balanced fertilizer, and you're trying to push up all aspects. You're not really going for blooms or anything with Ketoniaster. You just want to get it good and healthy. So a good, well-balanced fertilizer, the 20-20-20, will treat that thing good. Before you know it, you won't even know that you cut it down. It will not take that long at all to get back up. Throw the soaker hose on there, make a nice edge on that lawn between the the trench for the hedge and, and the grass, and even do a little bark mulch in there, and you'll be set, and it should look awesome for you next uh, next spring as well. And it is the time for our break for the news you're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. 
It's mostly cloudy and minus one in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9.30. I'm Megan Cobb. QR codes will be the only accepted proof of vaccination starting tomorrow. The code can be downloaded from the provincial government's website and must be accompanied by a piece of ID. Global security experts say Chinese tech company Huawei will likely be excluded from the liberal government's new policy of next-generation mobile networks. The opposition conservatives have long pressed the liberals to deny Huawei a role in building the country's 5G network, saying it would allow Beijing to spy on Canadians. The United Nations Climate Summit in Glasgow wrapped up this weekend with nations accepting a compromise deal to phase down rather than phase out energy from coal. Windy in 10 degrees today, a chance of rain or snow overnight, continuing in tomorrow with a low of zero, wet snow and tomorrow with a high of four. It's minus one, breaking news when it happens, our next scheduled update at 10. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coons. And I got a text from Deanne. It says, good morning, Merle. Thanks for all the great advice throughout the seasons. And uh, well, I'm just very fortunate I get the opportunity to to talk about gardening with everybody. So I didn't get a chance to put my crocus bulbs or my lily bulbs um, this autumn. Can you please tell me if I can store them for the winter so I can plant them in the spring? If you plant them in the spring, um, you could try to force them. So what they'll, you need to put them like into a, a fridge or the cool, dark, unheated garage. Um, but you, you still have time to plant them, Deanna. I, would, uh, I wouldn't be afraid to go out and plant right now. The ground isn't frozen yet. So you definitely have the opportunity to still plant a lot of your bulbs um, right now. Again, I would put them in, water them in nicely. And then cover them up with a good mulch, and you should be good to go. And if you do get a little bit of um, really, really dry and continues to be warm, don't be afraid to throw a little bit of water on them. But if you put the bark mulch in that over top, that should help keep them frozen. And so you should be good to go on that. So hopefully that helps. But if you do want to try to force them, I know some people put them into a fridge for like that 8 to 12 weeks. And like in the CRISPR, in a sealed thing, they need to go through that vernalization um, process of getting cold and or unheated garage in the in the deep, dark corner. Um, let them get cold and cool off. And then that triggers that um, regrowth for the spring. But like I said, you still have lots of time to get out there and plant. It's, it's really quite easily done. And like I said, the ground isn't frozen quite yet. So... We should be good to go if you if you still want to get that stuff in. I know we still have a few bulbs left too. If you if you want to try to pop in a few tulips or anything like that, um, by all means. And again, one quick reminder: phone line is wide open, four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. At this time of year, they usually do slow down a little bit, but it's also a good time if you if you have troubles getting in on the text or the phone lines in the rest of the season. You want some things answered this time of year. I typically have a lot more time to get to you on that kind of thing. All right, here's another text I'm going to read. Hi, my husband is trying to overwinter hot peppers. Have had trouble with white flakes on the leaves. Wipe them off with soap seems to help. So what that is, is it's, it's typically if they're white flakes, it's either white fly or it's when the aphids die and they kind of, that's sort of the, 
the crust left over from the aphids. I, I'm going to suggest it's probably aphids, and you're just not seeing them tucked in a lot of the new growth. So what I would do is sort of once a week, give them a good spray just with the pure spray green and uh, give them a check. Run them under hotter, underwater would, would work as well. And you could do that. Um, and, and Chris says it sounds like thrip. Could be that as well. But typically when I see the white flakes, it is um, aphids. And uh, it's sort of when they die, they kind of that ends up being their little leftover residue from them. And uh, so, but pure spray green is going to be your best bet with those. Keep them in a nice sunny spot. And unlike the Christmas cactus, they do require that extra sun. So if you have a grow light or a good sunny spot, you should be able to enjoy some peppers throughout the season. But there is something like nothing better than having good, a nice hot pepper. Like, I don't know, I have a definitely a craving for that stuff more as I've gotten a little bit older. Just I do enjoy the different flavors of the of the of the good peppers, which is actually really, really quite nice. And I got a couple more texts here. Hi Merle. I planted three raspberry plants in September and mulched around the base. I'm hoping they propagate and will fill in the space with more with more bushes. Will the mulch be a problem for new growth? And do you have any other tips? No, actually, you've done everything perfect. Um, they do reproduce from the from their from the roots. They'll send up more suckers, and then as it gets a little bit more established, every spring, what you want to do is remove any of the gray branching. You'll look at the two different colors. You'll have gray and brown, and you'll want to remove the gray because that'll be the older wood, and that opens up more space for the new growth. And that's where you're going to get the good um, fruit production is on that second year wood. And uh, and then you'll be set. And again, some of the best strawberries I had, I remember we were doing the job. It was kind of just off Elbow Drive there in, in, in this back alley where we had access into this home. And the guy had a raspberry hedge in the back alley. He had the gold ones, the red ones. Like I've never seen so many. And this is just, like I said, it was growing in the back alley. But man. Uh, it was just kind of nice. I was part of my truck and just uh, <laughs> helped myself to a little bit of a buffet that was actually very nice. So anyways, got a couple more texts that I'm going to go to. Hi, not sure if you can help with this. I've turned our outside taps off in the basement. Now, do I leave the taps on the outside off or open? Most irrigation, most plumbers, after they've been drained or turned off, they just make sure it's drained and they turn them off. Um, after they blow out an irrigation system and stuff like that. So I'm not too sure if there's a reason why, but that's typically what what most of them do. And a lot of the new homes have that <coughs> where you don't have to turn them off, where they have the extension where it shuts off a couple feet inside the house. Um, so a lot of the newer homes are doing that. Or if you want to add or if you're upgrading your outdoor tap, Ensure that you talk to your plumber about that. And what it is, it's just a, it's a, it looks like a regular tap, but the actual, the shutoff part is two or three feet inside the house. So that way it doesn't freeze. And when you turn it off, it just self drains out. And then that way you always have access to water. Like, cause I know I, uh, and the other time you want to get out and maybe water your, your trees and shrubs, hose some stuff off 
or top up the hot tub or whatever you have to do. Um, you're going to need water on the outside uh, in the wintertime. You can do that for sure. So that's um, what I would do. So, But yes, they, they typically close them after you know, they've been drained or, or blown out. And actually, I'm almost ready to take another break here. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. <clears throat> Good morning. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Phone lines are wide open, 403 974 and if you're looking to do any of those outdoor uh, winter arrangements or porch pots, um, we, we definitely have everything you need down there. And you'll be able to see Chris and the team down doing them. So if you need some pointers, we don't use the Oasis foam on our own. We use typically, we just use like our uh, topsoil plus or we just, we use soil. And uh, not the soilless mixes for the tropical, but we use the ones like with the real soil. And it just, it's a lot easier to work with, fill the pots up, get them moist, and then we stick all the branching in, water them really good at that point, and then freeze them in that way. And they work, it just works really, really great. And then when you're done in the season, you put them out, they can thaw out, and then you can just dump that uh, soil into your garden or into your pots or whatever you'd like. And that will, uh, you're sort of, you're not wasting, because um, with that foam, um, at the end of the day, it's basically this ends up being garbage. So this way you'll end up with a little bit of a soil amendment and also gorgeous looking pots that will hold the moisture throughout the season. And I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to go to Gord. Good morning, Gord. Morning, Merle. Hey, how can uh, I help you? Well, I was just curious about wrapping plants in the wintertime with burlap. You know, what's okay. the science behind it? What, what plants you do it to, I guess? And do you do anything before you do it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I typically don't do it. I don't, I'm not an advocate of wrapping them with burlap. That's something you see more in Eastern um, Ontario and stuff where they get the really, really heavy, heavy, wet snow. And okay. in, in Alberta or in our region, I find it, it almost causes like a oven. So if you wrap your cedars and on we go, all of a sudden we get a Chinook day and it's plus 20, which we do get plus 15. Right. It almost creates an oven and you can cook your evergreens. So, oh. and that's sort of unfortunate when you're in a smaller country like us, and the majority of the people live in a Toronto or somewhere like that where they do wrap for a different reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay. as far as protection, I, I pr- what you can do is on the south side, sometimes you get the reflection on the snow coming up. I've seen mm-hmm. people put up um, sometimes some burlap or some sort of a shield. Um, in front of it on the southwest side of it just to block right. that uh, reflection. But I, if you have tender evergreens that need wrap, I would use wilt proof. And it's an anti-desiccant. I call it like the lip balm for your evergreens. And, <laughs> uh, and, but it works, and, that, and it works really good. It's a great anti-desiccant. And in our dry, like you can feel it as we're heading into here November, like you outside, and you're just, you can feel your skin just... Um, shrivel up to, to nothing. So, and the same thing with our plants outside. So, that's that's my recommendation. And like I said, it's it's more of a we we have the burlap kits. It comes with three stakes, 
and it's more to push like in the picture that we show on ours we have them staked sort of two or three feet away from the cedar and it oh, works yeah. as a as a protection for for reflection but i have seen a lot of the advertisements from some of the box stores where the where the media comes from the east and it shows okay. it wrapped up tight and I've just seen more often than not when they go to unwrap those cedars in the spring that they're they're just crispy fried. So, gotcha. Okay, yeah, I've right. done it. I just wasn't sure what the science was behind it. So, thank you. Yeah, yeah it's it's just a different, and that's the hard part about gardening, and and especially in Calgary, we just don't have the demographic. Like, if someone's going to publish things, it, it's hard to get different um, yeah. proper local. So, and that's where it's important. Like Hort Society, my show, obviously. And try mm-hmm. and learn more, a bit more locally. Because even from one end of Calgary, I grew up in the northwest. And now I live in the southeast down in Cranston. It is different. Like, we had a house in Royal Oak, like windy and cold and up there. And it is a little different in the south. I never wanted to admit that as a northwest kid. But it is a, it is different from one end of the city to the other. And the amount of snow you get. And even when you go to Edmonton, you'll see cedars growing beautifully everywhere. But they stay frozen there. Right. And what kills our cedars, people think it's the cold. It's actually the anti it's the desiccation of the winter of our Chinooks that we love. That's actually right. what's harder on our trees and shrubs is that yeah. they dry out throughout the winter and then there's just nothing there when they go to come to life in the spring. Um so it it's kind of weird. Like you think this three hours up, cedars everywhere grow beautifully. And you think Edmonton's colder, you think we'd be able to grow them as well, but that's sort of the, the reasoning mm-hmm. behind that. Okay. All righty. Could I ask you one more question? Of course. Yeah, cool. This, could you talk to me about this, what you do with rose bushes for fertilizer throughout the year? I've got some really healthy ones, but they just don't flower. Um, what I like to use is 15, 30, 15. So, you, again, okay. you want to you want a fertilizer with a high middle number, and that's yeah. good for roots and blooms. And when you okay. do get any – and you want to remove any dead wood on it. So early spring, when you see it just sprouting out – what I like to do is even it up at that time. If you get the odd branch that looks like it's gone wonky on you, like real high on one side, even it right. up at that time, early spring, and then okay. remove any dead, damage, or disease branching at that time. Um, okay. Give it a really good water, fertilize with 15, 30, 15, and I recommend sort of every two weeks, right up until the end of July. And uh, and then just when you do get blooms, when they're spent, deadhead them. Because that way it tricks the plant into thinking, hey, I haven't reproduced. I need to do some seeds. I need to get okay. more blooms. Yeah. But if you leave the dead blooms on there, it thinks, okay, I've done my job. I don't need to do this anymore. And uh, I'll just stop blooming. <laughs> so okay. t- take those cut flowers, give them to that special person. Then you look like a good guy. And you're also <laughs> doing something good for your plant. So there you go. Right on. So is it, is it phosphorus in the middle and there's potassium? Yeah, yeah. you want the phosphate in the middle. Yeah, and that's for roots and blooms. So like I said, 153015 is a great fertilizer. Even our lawn fertilizer, if you want to mix that in to the soil, that's a great just sort of one for a, for a continuous feed as mm-hmm. well. It's the Green It Up, the 163026. It's great for a soil amendment for a lot right. of your flowering perennials and all that. It just gives it a good steady feeding of the phosphate but for some of those roses and some of the ones where you want a little extra push uh go mm-hmm. to the 15 30 15 every couple of weeks we'll do it thank you yep and you'll see Alrighty. a big difference and if you start seeing aphids this is my other sort of a, a good hit combo 
is the Pure Spray Green. And that's a product. It's a pharmaceutical-grade mineral oil. And it prevents any of the powdery mildew and any of the aphids and spider mites that you might get on it. It's a product that's actually produced by Petro Canada by Suncor. And it's it's been used in the commercial rose growing um, business for like thirty or forty years. And it, it's wow. it's it's a great product and it's a like I said, it's a byproduct from our natural resources and our oil and gas segment, which is great. And yeah. uh and it's and it's a great product, so it's and it's and it's relatively like it's really safe. So, like I said, it's pharmaceutical grade mineral oil, great for any of your powdery mildews and that like that as well. Okay, and you sell it at your shop there? Absolutely. Yep. All right. Good. All spray right. It green. All right. Is that what you called it? Pure spray green. Pure spray green. Got it. Thanks. Yep. Good. All right. Bye. Thanks, Gord. Yeah. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Awesome. That uh, those are good calls and. Uh, Good, good questions, and I'm going to take a quick break for the news you're listening to, or not for the news, for some commercials. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403 403- and nine seven four eight two five five, and that is the talk and text line. I got a few texts I'm going to go to. Uh, I hate that when you just all of a sudden you have sort of the heater kicks on, you get a little furnace dust, and you feel like you're going to sneeze. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, here we go. I had a Virginia creeper this fall. It is doing great. I want to plant outside next season. What do you recommend I do with it this fall? Huh. She hasn't grown in the house, he or she. Should I put it into dormancy? If so, how should I do it? I, I would definitely, I think I would try to put it into dormancy. Um, so what I would do is is gradually, like on these days um, where we're not going to get really, really cold, start putting it outside, let it sort of start dying off and get cold. Um, I would maybe put it into a little bit bigger pot, I get like an outdoor nursery pot, put into some soil, and then I would just put it into a cool, dark place. You could probably even just bury it in the ground um, once it's froze. But you just, it, we're not supposed to get like minus 20 or something, but it looks like you've, it's been inside. So you have lots of new tender growth. So this is going to be a, a touchy one. Um, so what I would do is just put it outside gradually. And if we get like minus 20 or something, um, but the next forecast looks pretty good. It'll start freezing off and get cold here and uh, and then just die off and get into dormancy. And then, like I said, I put it into a nursery pot and then I'd probably just bury it right in the ground. Or if you have a spot where you know where you, where you want it and you can dig that hole now, I would even put it outside right now and plant it and you should be good. I would think Virginia creepers are very hardy. The thing with this, you just want to make sure that you water it in really well. I would definitely cover it with a mulch of some sort, some bark mulch, and uh, and have it covered up that way, and uh, so it can go into the winter without desiccating over the winter as well. And here we are. I got a couple more texts. Hi, Merle. Can bulbs be planted in a large container, or is it better in the ground over the winter? Bulbs can go into a, a larger it needs to be quite a large container again the winter desiccation 
is what does them in when they just keep drying out. And that's typically what will happen into a pot. So if you have it in a large container, um, I would add bark mulch over top to keep it frozen and ensure that um, it gets watered in well. You don't want it muddy going to, to bed, but you want the soil nice and moist. And then you should be okay that way. Um, I've definitely done bulbs in like an unheated garage and things like that. Um, but if you have the opportunity to put them in the ground, it is definitely a better way to go as they they will perform much better that way in on the in the ground and naturally getting that cold vernalization and then heating up in the spring and uh, and they just perform really good. Put them into a, a really good sunny spot is what you want to do with all your with any bulbs you're planting outside and uh, ensuring that um, you're going to get that beautiful growth first thing in the spring and you'll be good to go. Here's another and a helpful tip. Never leave the hose connected to the tap as it will airlock and not drain properly. The pipe will freeze and split inside the hose. Absolutely. And you won't be able to use the hose anyways because you go to turn it on, it'll be full of frozen. <laughs> it'll be frozen solid. So absolutely unhook all your hoses. And and like I said, if you're able to turn it off on side out in the house, open it up to drain it and then just close it after that. And, and then you should be good to go. And if you do need the water, you just go back in the house, turn on the taps and open and make sure that they're already going to be closed, but then just follow the same process again in the spring when you, uh, when you go to open them up for the season. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And here's a very um, appropriate question. How do we get our Christmas cactus, cactus to bloom in December? Oh, actually, I'm going to take a quick break, and I'll get to that one right after the break. Go take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. It's mostly cloudy and minus one in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. A man is in hospital after being shot early this morning. Calgary police say they were called to 17th Avenue and 48th Street Southeast around 3.30 this morning, where they found a man who had been shot in the knee. He was taken to hospital with non-life-threatening injuries, where he remains in stable condition. Police say no one is in custody and there is no danger to the public. Tomorrow is the first day you'll have to show your QR code anywhere proof of vaccination is required. Paper copies of vaccine records without the code will no longer be accepted. The QR code can be downloaded and printed from the provincial government's website. All you need is your Alberta health number, birth date, and the month you got any dose of the vaccine. The code and a piece of ID will provide the proof of vaccination needed to enter any business participating in the restriction exemption program. Canadian Armed Forces and First Nations vaccination records along with vaccine records issued by other provinces and territories, will continue to be accepted, as well as a negative COVID-19 test within 72 hours or proof of a medical exemption. A shortage of hockey referees in Calgary is raising concerns over safety and possible cancelled games. Global's Carolyn Curry-DeCastillo has more. 
many young people, refereeing is their first job, a chance to keep fit and add some valuable skills to their resume. But this year, there's a serious shortage of refs. It's forced games to go from three officials on the ice down to two and sometimes only one. The executive director of Hockey Calgary says a couple of exhibition games had to be cancelled. Kevin Kobelka doesn't recall a year with such a shortage, estimating referee numbers are down about 30%. He attributes it in part to COVID with limited recruiting last year. Hockey Alberta has been certifying refs since late August, but classes that normally have over 30 are down to five or six people. More than half of the 1,300 officials in the central region won't be available soon if they aren't recertified. Dave Coles with Hockey Alberta is concerned that come the end of December, it could mean not enough refs to play a game. He's also concerned about having only one ref on the ice and putting young officials in situations they might not be ready for. For the first time, Hockey Alberta will be running referee classes into December in the hopes of getting more referees. Carolyn Curry de Castillo, Global News. Provincial data shows a total of 92 black bears were killed by conservation officers in BC last month. So far, 470 black bears have been killed in British Columbia this year. The figures show that late summer is typically the business t- busiest time for conservation offers. Officers, however, calls often continue through October before bears enter hibernation. WildSafe BC, which works to reduce human-wildlife conflicts, is warning that bears are still active this time of year. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson delivered the closing message Saturday at the United Nations Climate Summit in Scotland. In his recorded statement, Johnson promised if leaders, countries and businesses deliver on what has been promised during the conference, This could represent a pivotal moment in the world's history on climate action. And in years to come, historians will look back at COP26 as the moment humanity finally got real about climate change. Next year's talks are to be held in the Red Sea resort of Sharm el-Sheikh, Egypt, and will focus on aid and compensation for poor communities. Taking a look at sports, the Calgary Flames continue their road trip as they face off against the Ottawa Senators this afternoon. The Flames have dropped their last three games, with the most recent being an OT loss to Toronto on Friday. Today's matchup starts at 3 o'clock. The Riders will host the Calgary Stampeders in the CFL West Division semifinal. That game will take place at Mosaic Stadium on November 28th. Saskatchewan earned the home playoff game when it clinched second place in the West with a 29-24 win over the Edmonton Elks yesterday. In the NFL, Green Bay quarterback Aaron Rodgers is available to play today against the Seattle Seahawks. The Packers star was activated from the reserve COVID-19 list yesterday after testing positive for the virus last week. Rodgers didn't practice all week with the team. Global News SkyTracker weather, the wind will pick up this afternoon and will reach a high of 10 degrees. Cloudy overnight with the chance of showers, uh, and that's going to start later this evening, will cool down to a low of zero overnight. Wet snow or rain for tomorrow with a high of 4, and a mix of sun and cloud and minus 2 on Tuesday. Wednesday will be sunny and 0. It's minus 1 at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens, our next scheduled update is at 10.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and we do have a couple callers on the line, so we're going to go to them right away here. But if you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403 407- Nine seven four eight two five five, and we're going to go to Andrew. Good morning, Andrew. Hey, how are you today? I'm doing great. How can I help you? 
Well, we live on an acreage. We've been out here, uh, out near Okotoks about six years now, and we love the place because there's lots of uh, mature poplar trees. Um, But we're we're noticing that they're starting, some of them are starting to die on the tops. And I'm just wondering why and if there's anything we can do to prevent it. Um, What it is, it's actually desiccation. It's just a really dry summers that we've been having and, and somewhat dry winters when they go into go to bed in the fall here. Okay. Um, so what I would do is what's at the base of them now? Uh, some of them is just grass and the, the other ones we actually till around every year. Okay. Um, that's good and bad. Um, some when you till, you open it up so it'll, it'll actually dry out more, which is okay. not somewhat the best unless you're watering all the time so what i would recommend is just create uh, a like a straight bed underneath with bark mulch okay and mulch, put it okay. put it on pretty thick go like three four inches thick the first year and that way it will okay. seal it off and you won't get any, any weeds coming up if you get the odd weed coming up you need to spray it with roundup and okay, uh, per- and that perfect. will deal with that and water them in really well um depending on how long they've been dead at the tops um, a product you can use is uh, uh, Rage Plus. It's been known to push life back into tissue. Um, we have a picture of a tree if you if you're stopping at Spruce It Up to get the Rage Plus, and we do have it in the larger jugs too. So you probably you might need a 10 liter jug. Um, okay. You'll see we have a picture of a birch tree where one of our callers and one of our customers sent the picture. Of, of what the tree looked like in, in June. It was dead on the top, and we recommended using Rage Plus, and then they sent us a picture um, later on in July, and it pushed life all the way back to the top. So Okay, that's good to know. Um, other than that, if, if they do not come back, so what I would do is if you can, um, I'd set up a drip system or a soaker hose right now and just water them in really good this fall. And okay. then if you can, put, put the mulch on still this fall. And then that way, when they go to come to life next spring, they're going to have lots of moisture and they can just um, hopefully relief. But if not, I would get definitely get them looked at and remove any of the dead tips off the top. Because if you leave it open, it's going to open it up for a lot of disease and then it'll start dying through the center. Okay. So um, if, they're, if they're good, healthy trees, I would definitely, like I said, I, I just wouldn't leave it. I would assess it in the spring if we can't get them to back to to life to the top i'd definitely get a our arborist team and and you can call mark he can give you a quote from our printed up he'd be more than happy to, to look at that for you okay one quick question does it matter how close the trees are planted together well it does a bit um it's just because they're going to use more moisture right and okay. uh so but if if they're if they're typically like aspens and poplars typically grow in colonies like that. That's when they when you see them sucker up. Like if you look at the native stands of of aspens and that in the foothills out by your house, yeah, they they grow very tightly together, and and they'll send up suckers, and that's kind of how they reproduce. So okay. um, that's quite normal for them. But they just and that's it's his mother's nature's way of self preservation. It, so what it does, it just defoliates from the top down. It gets rid of because it doesn't have a mo- enough moisture to to foliate or keep those leaves alive all the way to the top. So Mother Nature just shuts down part of the tree. It just sort of slowly starts dying from the top, 
because um, gotcha. it just doesn't have enough moisture to get all the way up there. So when we have those big trees, we just got to ensure that we're doing water and water conservation, and that's where the bark mulch really, really helps. So Okay, perfect. Thank you very all much right. for, your, uh, for your insight. Appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. And if you need any help with that, our boys are more now. We, we we deliver all the bulk. So if you need some larger amounts of the mulch or anything, just let us know. We'd be more than happy to help you out. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Uh, all right. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, Andrew. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's important at this time of year when you look at that with your trees and shrubs and and as we get into water conservation, bark mulch is a, is a big factor in that. And it just really helps keep the soil moist keeps the weeds down um, and all that. Just watch, don't use free mulch from an arborist if it hasn't been aged. Like We use the Foothills Premium where it's gone through a decomposing process. If you put raw mulch on your trees and shrubs, it, it to go through that decomposing process, it'll pull a whole bunch of the nitrogen out of the soil and your trees will go yellow. And the reason I know this, I made this mistake many years ago. I thought, hey, this is a great idea. And after I did that, a uh, whole bunch of I had to refertilize, get the soil back, replenish to get the nitrogen and the nutrients back into the soil. Because um, to decompose mulch or any of that kind of stuff, it needs to use all those nutrients out of your soil to make that happen. So anyways, there you go on that topic i'm gonna to go to beverly good morning beverly good morning hi how can i help you hi there i'm calling about i have a shrub planted in a container purple leaf sand cherry okay. and i'm wondering if it'll overwinter in the container um depends where you keep it um, okay I, I put it into uh, a shady dart or a shady corner somewhere where it's not going to be right out in the full sun where it can dry out Okay. Um, if you can dig it into the ground, you have a lot better chance of it surviving. Okay. Or, like I said, a cool, dark corner in between the house where, and you can cover it with some leaves or some mulch or something. I was going to say, should the base be mulched in? Like yeah, if you absolutely. Can yeah, you just want to. Yeah, and if you do, if you leave the pot wide open where the sun hits it, it's going to dry it out, right? Because then our, okay. you get those nice sunny winter days that we all love. But it also creates a lot of heat in sometimes not the most helpful way, or we get those Chinooks that I was chatting about earlier. And what it does is this takes all the moisture out of those pots and then it just and then the moisture ends up getting pulled out of the out of the shrub or the tree and then eventually it just sucks all the moisture out and the tree just desiccates. Okay, great. Well thank you. And I have one other quick question. Sure. Is it necessary to deadwood your uh Great big large evergreens, like should they Absolutely. be deadwooded? Absolutely, yeah. And and uh, I'm a very big advocate of it. More so now that I'm learning. Like we we got our pruned up team going, and we have ISA certified guys on there. And when I see them crawl up through the middle of like a thirty or forty foot um, spruce tree, and at first I thought, ah, it's it's not really that nice. But once you see when it's done. It makes such a difference in the tree. You can almost just say and thank you because you, you clean out, opens the airflow, and the tree just looks so much more healthy, and okay. it does make a big, big difference. So definitely recommend that. Um, but again, you want it done by a professional. You want somebody up there that knows what they're doing and not just uh, hacking and slashing or, or cutting up your, your big evergreens because it takes a long time to get them that big. 
Wonderful. Well, thank you very much. You're very welcome, and thanks for calling, Beverly. Okay, have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. And I got a couple more texts that I'm going to do. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. One more question about house care plant or house house plant care. I'm struggling to keep my Boston fern and my Diefenbachia thriving. Any tips? I'm wondering if they're getting the right light. Um, one thing I'd ask is what light you have. They love being in a south um, west um, location. Um, Boston ferns, they do need to, they get very root bound. They, they do need to get fertilized or watered um, fairly regularly, at least once a week sort of thing. Um, good thorough watering. Put them in the sink if you can, or if you have them just in a in a hanger. Um, hopefully, you have a good tray on there where you can just um, give them a good amount of water, and they should do good. Um, humidifier in your house attached to your furnace definitely makes a difference. As it is, um, we do head into our dry season. Any of the ferns will dry out. Diefenbachia, um, same thing. Likes fairly bright light. Does not like to be really wet, um, so opposite of the Boston fern, where you can keep the Boston fern a little moister. Diefenbachia likes to dry out in between watering, and those two should survive really actually quite well. Um, fertilizer 20-20-20 once a month is more than enough for both of those, and you should be good. Get them nice and healthy that way, and, and you'll be great. And another text here. Good morning, Merle. Is it too late to fertilize your lawn? Absolutely not. Um, you can definitely go out um, if you if you want to give your, your lawn one more shot. Um, it'll be there first thing in the spring. Like I said, I'm looking out of my lawn right now, and um, it still looks pretty green. It almost looks like uh, um, if it was grown, it hasn't, hasn't grown at all in the last couple of weeks, which is kind of nice. It stays short, um, but definitely nice and green still right now. So if you want to to do that, fertilize one more time absolutely and i had the blower out um, a couple days ago blew all the leaves off of my grass into the into the shrub beds again just trying to create those little resting points for for uh ladybugs and all the beneficial bugs for the winter time so that way they have a nice spot um to hide out and they can be there in the spring once they want to come out so i would definitely do that um for sure and uh, you'd be great. I'm going to take a quick break. If you want to join me after the break, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and... Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's Christmas destination. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And just a little note on Christmas this year. Um, there is going to be a shortage on Christmas trees. So I know I've chatted with a few people in the industry, and we're all getting shorted somewhat, especially any of the larger, taller trees from what I hear um, we're not getting some of the taller. So if you typically get a 11 or 12 foot, if you see it, I would just get it. <laughs> Whenever you see it, don't put it off. Um, from what I understand, there is a, a bit of a shortage this year between some gypsy moth attacking the, 
the trees out east and we're not allowed to bring them into Alberta. And it's something that we do get inspected every year. We get um, the, the from the federal government inspection team from the cultural department, they come in and inspect all of our trees, which we we're very happy to participate in that program because we want to ensure that uh, pests like that don't get spread from one part of the country to another. I'd hate to be the guy that brings gypsy moth or something in into Alberta from somewhere else. So it's nice to know that we do have these precautions. And it's a lot of it is the U.S. market is, is this much bigger and they buy so many trees from the east that they have bought up so many of the Christmas trees and and so prices will be going up and availability so uh just be be aware of that if you are in the market for a fresh cut tree and uh and go from there all right i'm gonna go to the phone lines I'm gonna go to brian good morning brian good morning Merle. how are you good good how are you excellent this might be a first in uh, let's talk gardening because my wife wants to ask you a question after i'm done <laughs> all right Okay, so you know our back garden here, it's almost the third acre. Yep. And I've got to replenish that soil, and I've heard so many different ideas. So I'm looking for a little advice. Um, one of the things I was thinking of is scraping it down about six inches and then replenishing it, but what else do I kind of put into it? I, I would just say, what are you going to, what's growing in there, Brian? Uh, weeds, because I'm still waiting on knee surgery, so we didn't put a garden in last year, but we know. Yes, yeah, so, so, so next spring you're going to, you're going to have, uh, a veggie garden again in that spot? Yeah. yeah. Kate, what I would probably just look at doing, and how big of an area is the garden? Almost a third is, of an acre. Okay, it's the so full third. So you got about, uh, so it's 40,000 square feet for an acre. So you got about 15,000 square feet. So good size. Yeah. Um, so some of the things what you want to add in there is either you can get like the bulk, like just a good garden mix um, brought in and then just replenish the soil that way, like top it up, put six, eight inches of that right over top and, yeah. uh, and, and do it that way. You can also add in some granular fertilizers into that. It's just harder when you're dealing in such big things. Yeah. Um, the mushroom manure is good too. You can get that in bulk. Yeah. Um, but there's no nutrients in that. So that's just something um, you put in that just adds fiber and, and that. So, but you don't want to go too heavy on that because it's a little heavy on no, the salt I've as got, well. Uh, got some well-seasoned horse uh, out here as you well. Yeah. See, and that's great. Yeah. If you have, make sure if it's good and seasoned, um, we use that. Um, we were doing a green it up mix with a, with a local farm guy that has the horse manure off the racetrack. Okay. Very well aged, and we had it tested. It performs really well, and okay. uh, so if you have that, absolutely, Brian, put that on. Especially if it's well aged, just don't oh. go if it's if it's still ripe. Definitely don't use it. But if it's if it's been well aged, like you're saying, Brian, that's perfect. Yeah. So I would do get a couple old, loads of yeah, oh. do a couple loads of the garden mix, and yeah. then put the the horse manure on, then mix all that in, and. You'll probably have an awesome mix right there. Okay, so do I kill the existing uh, garden before I add it? Um, you don't have to. I would just yep. almost just leave it the way it is. 
if it's if anything, if you're able to get it nice and chunky, would be better. Not necessarily till it. Yeah. Um, no. Unless you can, if you could till it up, so it would be chunky, not that nice rototilled smooth. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Then, yeah, do that before the winter. And if you want to get this stuff and add it this uh, fall, you can, or just open it up. Do your tilling this fall. Leave it wide open. That way, it gets that cold in there. Air in there kills all the bad stuff. Okay. And uh, and then next spring, hit it with those amendments yep. and uh, rototill it all up nicely after that, and you'll have a a good mix. Fabulous. Well, I really appreciate it. No, you have time because Vegas has got a question here. Absolutely. Thank you, Mark. Yeah. Hi, Mark. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you, dear? I'm great. How can I help oh. you? Oh, good. I have a stupid African violet, and I'm this close to tossing it. It's I've yeah. had it for five years. It was blooming when I bought it, of course. It's never yeah. blooming. The leaves are all ass-kicking. I've done the... the um, you know that fertilizer because I've googled you, it, right? Yeah, do you use fifteen thirty? I would use the high middle number, like fifteen thirty fifteen, or some people use the Schultz African Violet That's fertilizer. In the Schultz, <clears throat> the the main thing yeah. is the light too. You want to have it in a fairly bright light, and oh. you don't want to water from above. Like they like we have these uh, self watering pots, and the African Violets really love that because they just get watered from below. Oh, maybe that's my issue. Yeah, um, that's part of it. Water it. Sorry. Do you fertilize it every time you water it? Or no, no. I once a month is lots. Okay. I, I, and I'll ensure that, that the ensure that the soil is moist before you fertilize as well. All right. So that we're not burning any of the roots. They're pretty delicate. Like they're like they're they're hardy, and they if they always always think of of. Uh, that's sort of a grandma plant that you'd see at your aunt's house or somebody's house. Exactly. It'd always be perfect. Yeah. And they always just had it in that one spot. I know uh, my mother-in-law, Gisela, she always had these African violets at her house that always would just be perfect, right? Same and they bloom and continuously. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so find that good bright spot. Put them in probably maybe a little bigger <laughs> pot or those self-watering and just don't water from above. Um, put them into a tray and let them soak the water up from the bottom. Okay. All righty. Yeah, try that. Thanks a lot, man. Have All a right. Good Thanks. Great to hear from you. Thank you. you bye bye. Bye. All right. I need to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's mostly cloudy and zero in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Megan Cobb. Starting tomorrow, QR codes will be the only accepted proof of vaccination to enter businesses participating in the restriction exemption program. The code can be downloaded from covidrecords.alberta.ca. Alberta scientists are saying the proposed Trails Act will thwart efforts to restore nature and add one more stressor to an already overtaxed landscape. Environment Minister Jason Nixon says it will not close any trails and will lay out a path for new ones. The Queen has missed out on the Remembrance Sunday service in London due to a sprained back, but British media report the injury is not believed to be related to the recent medical advice she received to rest. 
Windy in 10 today, chance of rain or snow overnight with a low of zero, and wet snow for tomorrow with a high of four. It's zero. Breaking, breaking news when it happens, our next scheduled update at 11. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and we're in the last half hour of the show. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255, and that is the talk and text line. I'm going to go to the phone line, and I have Sherry on there. Good morning, Sherry. Good morning, Muriel. How are you? I'm doing great. How can I help you? I'm just wondering, I missed uh, the end of a call there. Someone, I think they were wanting to top fir trees, and we've got lots of beautiful fir trees. Uh, they're growing nicely, but we had an, uh, someone come trim them, and they, they bushed out quite a, nicely, and they're, I think the tops maybe need trimming. Um, how do you suggest, um, like... Is it the best thing to do, or is it doing the wrong thing, or what? Do you yeah, think? you typically do, you don't really unless because once you top your evergreen, you're going to create two or three leaders. Then, so um, okay. I've seen it done, but you got to retrain a, a new leader of some sort. Otherwise, you'll get right. multiple stems going up. I think that's um, what's going on here. Like he didn't totally like, kind of like he said he was going to trim them, and we thought the edges, and he went and trimmed uh, some on the top more, like. Uh, you know, and it seemed to kind of bugger them up, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, it does. It, it's you only do it a lot of times unless we get weevil or some reason, or if it's just really, really spindly tree and we want it to thicken up down below. We'll do that. But typically, right. you do a lot of that training when the tree is smaller. It, mm -hmm. It's it's somewhat pointless if a tree is twenty feet high to start trying to do that now. Um, right. Do you so, think we should, like, my husband gets me up on the front end loader, and it's just about <laughs> as high as we can go, <laughs> and uh, and we've done so just to have one, and we're just always thinking we should just have one leader there going, so I wonder if we still... Um, there is some pole pruners. I, I don't really, I don't want to see you up in the loader or not, like, it's something I don't want to recommend, <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> I, I've I've been there myself doing dumb things, yeah. so well, I just do it to, you know, to get the magpie nests out of them. The same thing they magpie <laughs> up, but three times last year we took a nest out. Oh. Uh, so yeah, but uh, anyways, that's the thing. Yeah, if you get a pole pruner, and then like if and even if if you can even rent a good arborist ladder, um, depends yeah. where you're located. Um, you can get up pretty high with those. It's just, or like I said, I, I, if you guys get in a loader, that's up to you. And, yeah, and, but, but get one um, leader, definitely try and trim them back. Yeah, if you can. Yep, yeah, definitely, absolutely. And or maybe mentioned to the guy who did the pruning to say, hey, you'd, you'd prefer to that's, have one. Maybe he would come back and uh, well, and look after wondered, that for you. Yeah, that's the thing. I, and that's, that's typically what we would do is like we'd always try to leave one. And we're not really wanting to, to top um, a lot of our evergreens like that. Like we, we were just out in Banff a couple of weeks ago and we had a client, but they had a hedge and this is like a 30 or 40 or 50 year old hedge. And right. it was sort of rounded, but it's been trained like that for years and years. So we just went in and, and, and tidied it up and it would be something that we don't typically do, but it's mm -hmm. when a tree's been grown like that for so long, we just continue it on. So I would, uh, I would definitely, See if they could if they're if he's willing to come back and just um, 
straighten it out just so you can train one leader would be much better. Okay, thanks so much for your advice. We listen to your show Sundays when we when we can. So yeah, awesome. Appreciate Whereabouts it. are you guys located? Uh, Coronation, Alberta. We're about uh, two hours east of Red Deer, 80 miles okay, from nice. the border. Yeah. yeah. But we've been watering, watering our fir trees this year, and we've seen, oh, beautiful growth on them. We know that's what we got to do, so we're trying to put uh, uh, drip line in. My husband bought it all to put it in the spring. So Yeah, and, and it's great. Yeah, you just use those emitters. Like I think I used the four, eight gallons per hour. Um, uh-huh. So depending on, depending on what kind of water source you have, um, you can just there, and then that way you get, um, you just put the emitter at each one. And that way you're not wasting that valuable water, especially where you are. Okay, very good. Thank you. Have a good. Thank day. you so much. Bye. Take care. Thanks, Sherry. Bye bye. All right, and and where I'm at for time, I got enough time here. I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to go to Bill. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Merle. How you doing? Good, good. How can I help you? Ah, I sent you in some photos and uh, said I'd call. So I think you um, yeah. were thinking the I lemon had... trees. Yeah. So on the lemon trees, we um, we got a lemon and a lime there, and um, we and on the peppers, I see peppers. Those yeah. are definitely aphids. Okay. So what do we? I can see the little. Time? I can see the little green aphids underneath yep. the bloom. So um, that I would just, if you can, you know, in your kitchen sink, do you have a little, the little nozzle that you can pull out and make it like a yep. shower head? Yep. So what I would do is take that into the sink and uh, sort of lean it over, um, turn the water on kind of full blast and get that little shower head going and just blast the top of that, of those pepper plants. And you'll okay. need to do that every five days. And then you can also use pure spray green on it. Okay. Um, because they're born pregnant. So all those aphids that I see in that picture right now, any of the eggs that they're laying right now, I they'll be they'll be hatching in five days. So we gotta break that cycle. So if you put them into the sink, give them a good hosing off, like I said, every five days, um, we can get these under control and get those uh, peppers healthy looking again. Okay, and, and then um, you do have spider mites on the lemons. I can see the all the netting looks very yeah. similar to mine. So what I do too is I rub my fingers along there. Um, but the product I use for that too is pure spray green. Okay, so just Will alcohol and, spray work as well on like a little bit of alcohol. No, and, no, nope. you don't want to use that. You could chance of burning it. You can okay. use like a rubbing alcohol gently, usually for mealybug and stuff, but I definitely wouldn't spray my plant with with uh, the rubbing alcohol or anything. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would just absolutely just use the the pure spray green and uh, and then the, just tip them over. If you can put them into the sink to spray them, depending how big they are, um, give them a really good soaking with that. Or outside, like today is going to be plus 10. Um, so it's warm enough to uh, put those plants outside, give them a good shot, and uh, and you'll be good to go. Okay. Again, and you need to do it for every five days for three cycles. Okay. All right. And, well, I also sent you a photo uh, after those two. There's something yep. like a, a larvae or something on our yellow stickies in there. That's yeah, I've seen one. that. And... I don't know if the picture is clear enough, but it's almost like a little 
snail look type. Yeah, thing. like I'm thinking like how did that get on there? I don't what... know where they came from. <laughs> yeah. I mean they were like, outside we have the lemon and lime outside in the summer like yeah. you do and bring yeah. them in. So you yeah. run the risk. But you that's, bring in. so those could have come up from the soil maybe, and then they um, crawled up there and they got caught in the sticky traps. But you can yeah, even see like on your stick is covered with it, and yeah, like those look like little snails. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I would just think they came up out of the soil um, and crawled on there, and and uh, yeah, that's all I can think of is that's probably what happened. They just crawled up. And then they got so, caught in their sticky trap. So, yeah. So, do you think we have risk of them getting to like these are uh, just a small piece of no. our uh, indoor growing, and we don't want those, whatever they are. Yeah. No, I wouldn't worry about that because those are. I think those just came out of the soil. So I would discard that sticky trap. Um, put those. Uh, put that away. Get some new stuff out. But spray the whole pot, and even do a little bit of a soil drench with the pure spray green. So water to those lemons good. And then just mix some in pure spray green in the water and pour it right into the soil as well. Okay. Alrighty. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks in so about much. 15 days, let me know how it looks. Hopefully we should be doing better and you can start feeding that again with the 30, 10, 10. Okay. Perfect. Alrighty. Thanks again. As always. Great show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for calling. Thanks. All right. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. And I'm going to go to the phone line, and I'm going to chat with Pat. Good morning, Pat. Hey Merle, um, hey. I wanted to chat chat about uh, dry. This is bread pad, by the way. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, like I I grew up in West Central Saskatchewan, just north of the, the Great Sand Hills. And uh, back in the '70s, when I was a kid, and we'd go there, it was grasslands. And then in the '90s, you could walk in there, and it was like the Sahara. Um, I took my kids there a few years ago to show them, and it was grasslands. But I flew over it two weeks ago on the way to Montreal. And there's big open dunes again, and they're getting bigger, I think. So I think we're heading into another drought period, which really sucks. But uh, just looking at people talking about watering their trees and um, uh, just thinking about dry land plants, like what is going to be better if we go into a 10-year drought cycle, which is going to suck. But Yeah, uh, no, it's it's definitely a good thought, Pat. And there's definitely there is some lots of zero escaping plants that we can use. A lot more of the grasses um, and some of the succulents that we can do um, really actually can thrive really well. But also a lot of what we do with our soil and using bark mulch things like that really make a big difference as well. Um, okay. Just conserving the water. Because I yeah. know, like, I, I, I have bark mulch in mine, and I add, I always add a couple inches every year just to freshen it up. And I, it just, it makes all the difference because it just holds the moisture in. And, like, I never, like, I'm not out there every day watering my tree. Like, I the sprinklers in, I water them really good after I, after I plant them. 
But I'm like everybody else, the novelty wears off a bit. Yeah, but I tried I think, to be as diligent as I can. <laughs> but I think everybody the mulch, start investing in water barrels and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And and mulch, it makes it makes a big difference. And mm. I tell you, like I never lose a tree. Like I just, I I see people they bring them in, they're crispy fried. Oh no, I watered it. Well, a tree just doesn't go crispy fried. Like they just, like they don't get enough water. And I hate saying it like that, but it, it's just the truth, right? Like all our trees in our in our lot are still fine. Then one person brings the one back that is crispy fried, or to any garden center, like it just it got dried out. And and yeah. unfortunately, when you put it into the ground, you're putting it in a couple feet deep, and you, that slow deep watering is really important. Good amended soil. And then good thick layer of bark mulch, and then picking the proper plants like you're saying, Pat. Though if you have that real hot, dry spot, try some of those grasses. Try the yuccas. Go to some of the the succulents that you can grow out there. Lots of the sedums, and a lot of those ones will thrive in those dry, dry climates, and and perform really well. But even like echinaceas and some of the lilies will do really well, especially if you have mulch. It just it, it's going to hold hold the water in where you need it. Yeah, I think we're going back to the '90s with uh, watering restrictions. When I first moved to Calgary, it would stop raining at the end of June, and then within a week, your water barrels are empty. And by late July, the city would have water rationing, like you wouldn't wouldn't be able to just water. Yeah, no, I I, I definitely remember that, and 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 that's why mm-hmm. I really recommend people get irrigation systems because you're not wasting right. water. I see so many people. Um, in some areas where they don't have the irrigation, they throw the sprinkler out there and they leave it on for a couple hours, and then the it's just running down the the down the sewer into the ground. And yeah. and we pay a lot for our water too. Like you got to remember, you pay for everything coming out of the tap. You pay mm-hmm. for it twice. They they charge yeah. you for the sewer fee for every liter you pump out. They charge mm-hmm. you that for going down, even if it doesn't go down. So you want to make sure you're using it wisely. And yeah. irrigation systems are are big on that. They actually start saving you lots of money once yeah, over right. time they pay yeah. for themselves. My point is the trout's coming. Those those sand dunes are growing uh, compared to three years ago. There, it was just oh, absolutely face, open faces. But now the you can see kilometer square areas that are completely sand now. So yeah, well you can never, feel it. If this... you've never been out there, if anybody's never been out there, like it's quite fascinating to go walk around and. Feel like you're in the middle and of where that's Arabia. in just in the, the sand hills. hills yeah it's west of uh or east of burstall like in that area east of Liebenthal. okay like there's a viewing area and uh yeah it's uh it's quite something like people don't realize it's there like right now it's mostly grass but i think within five years it'll be the sahara again for a while yeah and that's so, sort of what the earth does too right we evolve through droughts and back and mm-hmm. forth and Palisher and time. uh <laughs> absolutely all right well thanks pat okay. i gotta go thanks. for a break right. and uh good to hear from pat and uh you're listening to let's talk gardening on nine on 770 chqr Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coons, and I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we have Jim. Good morning, Jim. Hi. Hey, Hello. how can I help you? I planted a avocado from the stone or the seed probably yeah. last last March, Yeah. and it grew really well. 
uh, grew about a foot and a half and had great big green leaves, and then it just stopped. The leaves started to curl up a little brown on the ends, and it uh, stopped. So I, I cut a Did couple Did you plant it up. into soil or anything after? I put it in soil, yes. Okay. Uh, How deep did you plant the the bulb? Oh, uh, about... Is uh, it sticking out of the soil or... No. No, it's okay. underneath. Okay, that's probably part of the problem. Um, you oh. want to leave it about a third sticking up oh. out of the soil. So okay. what you can do is maybe just try and transplant it, like um, just pop it out of the soil, like just pull it out of the pot there, shake some yeah. of the soil off, and then just replant it with about a third or so or half to a third sticking out the top. All um, right. Yeah, because you probably it just you're suffocating in a bit. And uh, <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> no, we all know how that feels. So that's never good. <laughs> all right. Well I'll give that a try. Yeah, give that a try. Um, be a little bit patient, put it in a good warm, sunny spot. And then also using um you'll probably want to use a product, even Rage Plus or fifteen thirty fifteen, um, just to get it back into feeling better. Sure. Okay. Uh, all righty. I'll let I'll let you know how it is in a couple of months. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate it. Take Thanks. care. Bye. Bye. Yeah, it's fun doing those uh little experiments and uh with some of those things. I know you can grow tomatoes and avocados and uh, pineapples. If you buy that pineapple, you can do that. Always lots of fun stuff. And I'm going to go to Ron. Good morning, Ron. Hi, Merle. How are you doing? Good, good. How can I help you? Well, um, just a bigger picture question here. You know, the world in it is about carbon dioxide. I'm just wondering about our farming practices, you know, the no-till and leaving the stubble on. Are we actually... Um, making the soil thicker over time and like sequestering more than we're giving off, which you get credit for? Yeah, I I don't. Yeah, there's so many different. Like sometimes I, I and if, if you till it all the time, like I said that one caller earlier in the show, it was tilling all the time around as poplars. I think that's you're losing so much moisture out of your soil, right? Right. Um, but on some things, if you leave it, um. Is that better or worse? Yeah, like I, I, I think we're. I think the the Earth is evolving. And it always is. Like it changes. Like I know in my short lifespan of uh, fifty four years, I've seen things change. Right, yeah. and warm, cold, different times. We get winters, and if you look back in the past, like on the news, they always give you the the record high of the day uh, for that time of year. And a lot of times it was back in 1930 or 1910. <laughs> like, so when they talk about global warning, I'm not a big advocate for game, but I think we've done a lot better. And I think as Canadians, we need to pat ourselves on the back more than we beat ourselves up, which we do. Like, if you, I remember 20 years ago, you would see the inversion over top of Calgary. You'd see oh, that yeah, gray yeah. smog. You don't see that anymore. We have clean burning cars, our houses are better. Um, our politicians are on the thing to just beat us up all the time, which I don't get. <laughs> they need to uh, – Canada, we should be selling our oil and gas as um, 
the Wagyu beef of the oil industry, in my opinion. But because we do such good things, like our oil industry is doing a great job. And, and us as Canadians, we're not throwing our garbage out like we used to. We're, we're trying to recycle. We do so many good things, but no one ever talks about the good stuff. And <laughs> I think as Canadians, we do a pretty damn good job compared to anywhere else in the world. And, well, no, appreciate that from that point of view, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we just – anyways, I got to go because I'm uh, – I'm going to, it's the end of the show, but I, I do, okay. that's well, sort of my you. take on the whole thing. So awesome. Okay, thank Thanks, you. Ron. All right, Take bye care, bud. Bye-bye. And we'll get our garden on and whatever else you guys want to talk about next week right here on 770 CHQR.